you know, usually for Father's Day, we're having our car and bike show down there at Daniel Boone. And uh, so it's kind of, and every year we've been someplace else during Father's Day. And, and the way that started was in, after 1999. My dad passed away in 1999. And I just didn't want to be here at uh, Father's Day. And so we started going down to Fairground or wherever to have our uh, car and bike show. And of course, this year with the uh, virus situation, we had to call that off. And I'm got, we got sick of this virus situation. Tell you what, I, they say it's spiking again, I don't know. But uh, in any event, uh, we are here and it being Daddy's Day, yesterday we had a memorial service uh, for Billy Jack, and uh, had a lot of Billy's friends here and family, and uh, uh, I think it went well, don't you, Amanda? Well, it just, I think it went, tell James, is he here? Oh, <laughs> I didn't recognize you without his hat on. I owe you an apology. While I was talking, I cleanly, clean forgot your name. Did you notice that? That's when I called you Mr. Amanda. <laughs> uh, huh? Didn't make you weak. <laughs> well, my, sometimes when you're up here and you're teaching, my mind just it just slips away like crazy. There's not a whole lot to hang on to anymore. But uh, yeah, Father's Day, uh, gosh, I was so blessed. I really was. Dad, uh, he wasn't perfect. I mean, he thought he was, but he wasn't. <laughs> but he was a brilliant man. Uh, like I said, he won the National Merit Scholar Medallion from the American Legion because of how high his grades were. And, uh, entrepreneur, had uh, I don't know how many different businesses, and, uh, financial, philanthropist, you name it. It's just, just amazing. And main thing, he, he loved his family dear. He truly did. I guess, I know most, most daddies do. Well, most daddies should. You know, we, we've been uh, watching on the news uh, all these punks that's protesting and rioting. I mean, protest, go ahead, you know. If you want to, we have that First Amendment right. If you don't like something, go ahead and protest about it. You know, I'll watch you, wave at you when you go by, if it's something I agree on. If not, I'll turn my back on you, walk off. You know, that's a privilege we have in the United States. But when protesters start turning into punks and rioting and going on like that, don't come near me. You know, uh, Trump did his uh, thing out of Tulsa last night. And uh, I just thought to my, I told Matt the day before, and I, you all know, I love the Lord, I'm saved, I've spent most of my life studying the Bible, and I have tried to stop being a redneck, but it don't work. I told Matt, I said, I would love to be out there in Tulsa today, whether I got in or not, just hoping that some of them, uh, Antifa, oh, I, I would love to get a hold of one of them, wouldn't you? I just wonder if I'm the only one. And I, I'm serious, I've really been praying Lord, let me understand this the way you would have me to understand this. Lord, let me feel about this the way you'd have me to feel about it. I want to do what's right. But to me, well, let me put it to you this way. Years ago, when we lived in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, there was a kid on the corner of the street there, 
He was certifiably crazy, wasn't he? I mean, he literally, they put him away. Well, he stole my baseball glove. And I went down there. I mean, we, we were up on the ball field playing, and he just took it and left. And uh, so I went down there, and what was his first name? I can't even, do you remember what it was? I mean, I always called him idiot, but nevertheless. I went down there, and I said, I want my glove back. And I could see him through the screen door. I said, I want my, my glove back. He just sat there and ignored me. Kept going on. I said, I want my glove back, man. Give me my glove. He just sat there. I said, look, you idiot. See, that's where I used to come. About that time, he turned around, and he was a lot older and a lot bigger than me. And he turned around and come run at that door. Well, we were about, let's see, one, two. His house about the third or fourth house down from ours. And uh, see, Dad told me, he said, you go down there and get that glove. You don't, you don't do that. You go down there and get it. And so when I, that boy hit the screen, I was already digging, hitting high spots, coming back up to the house. I mean, I, know, I thought, he's going to kill me. He's crazy. Oh, I mean, I'm, when I say that, people, I'm not just saying, oh, he's crazy. I mean, he was literally insane. And uh, I could just feel him. Did you ever run from a boogeyman? <laughs> You can just, the more you run, the worse it is. You just feel gravity at any time. No. Uh, just praying Democrats don't get loose. But anyway, uh, I just feel him right on my heels. I can just feel him right on my heels. Well, I saw Dad up there in front of our house leaning against the car. And I kept thinking, if I could just get there, I might survive. And about the time I got there, Dad reached out and he grabbed that boy just like that. And he shook him. And he said, you go down there and get his glove and you bring it up here right now. I'm not fooling around with you. So he went down there and Dad said, I'll probably get in trouble over this. But the thing, and he didn't. I mean, she, his mom called up her and raised came, but she wasn't all there either. But uh, apparently it's a family tradition. But nevertheless, that told me a whole lot about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm out here in the world, we're going to have trouble. But if you run to your daddy God, if you run to the Lord, if you go to the shadow of the Lord, he's going to reach out with that big nail-scarred hand and he'll stop that devil. That taught me more about how I know if I run to the Lord, if I run to Jesus, Told me a lot about it because I had such a wonderful earthly father that when I read in Romans chapter 8 where God's word says we can cry, Abba, Father. And you've heard me teach before that Abba is the same thing translated in our today's English language as Dada. We want, he wants us to have that kind of personal relationship with God. Dada. Abba. And when we realize that, then we realize his love for us. That's like I was not the perfect son. I, I wanted to be. I guess I just, boy, like everybody else, you know, get in trouble and this, that, and the other. Matt wasn't perfect. I, I, I promise you, son, you weren't. And uh, in fact, I'll never forget, uh, Dan was up here and he was telling me about, about somebody's kid. I don't know who it was. And I was thinking back, I remember one time when Matt graduated from high school and he started college. And we had lived over here in Inglewood. We had that split foyer. And he stayed downstairs. 
had the whole downstairs to itself. Well, he'd get up early and leave before daylight. He wouldn't come back in. Uh, it's one of the worst feelings in the world is being laying in bed, knowing your kid's out somewhere. I don't care how old they are. And, and you can't rest until you hear that door shut. I don't care if it's 12, one of them. You can't rest. Well, he got to where he was leaving his clothes for his mom to wash and all that stuff. So I got up one morning and I waited there in front of the door for him. I said, I hope you got some good friends. He said, why? I said, you ain't going to continue like this. Your mom is not your maid, and I'm not going to lay in bed at night waiting for you to get in. I know you're going to be in by 11 o'clock unless there's extenuating circumstances. And if you don't like it, you can move in with one of your friends, but I ain't putting up with it. Now, I know we got a lot of mammy-pammy parents this day and time that, uh, well, i tell you what the problem is. You want to know about the mammy-pammy. You see, God loves us. And I loved Matt as much as I ever did during that time. But because I loved him, I wanted him to, to man up. I wanted him to realize. You see, it wasn't going to help him in any way if I let him continue you see, love has to be tough. Love has to be strong. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is with us. He loves us, but we ain't going to run around and just do whatever we want to do. There's a lot of so-called Christians like that who jump high on Sunday morning and walk in the world the rest of the week. That don't cut it. You see, He's adopted us whereby we cry, Father. Now, you saw all these punks and such you see that's rioting? Now, let me tell you something, right? You've heard me say this last Sunday. Uh... I don't care what color you are. I mean that with all my heart. I don't give a flip-flop what color you are. I don't care if you're black or white or yellow or red. or It don't matter. It's how you treat me. You treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. If you want to get punked out, we can, we can dance around that way too. See, I don't care about this all this Black Lives Matter stuff. There's more to that than meets the eye. All lives matter. All lives matter. They don't want to hear that. Well, I don't care. But you know why the, what the problem is? Why, you know, they, they talk about how they're arrested, how Afro-Americans are arrested more than other people. And they probably are. But maybe it's this reason here. 70%, 70% of blacks are born out of, uh, out of wedlock. 70% are born out of wedlock. 72% of black kids are raised by a single parent. In other words, 72% don't have a daddy. Daddy impregnated mama and took off and did whatever. There's no male role models. You see, growing up, and I'd say y'all's dad was the same as mine, He'd, we'd have heart-to-heart -heart talks on a regular basis. He taught me, he'd teach me, he'd come in there and he said, uh, son, I want to teach you how to, you take care of it, all right? God bless you and uh, have an MRI. That's all right. You don't have to spell it, Jim. I'm a little, what, okay. Right. Take care. All right, we love you. Happy birthday. Yeah. But my dad, he'd say, come here, I want to I show you how the proper way to shake hands. He said, don't want you to do that limp fish thing. To this day, if I shake, a hand, shake hands with some man, it's that limp 
we used to have a fellow who went to church here, and I ain't kidding you. And whenever he reached out to shake my hand, it was such a limp fit. I'd go wash my hands. It really did. It, it made me sick. It literally made I'd rather shake hands with a carp in my hand as to shake hands with, with that little man be pain. I'm not making that up. I'd literally, I'd get upstairs and wash my hands. It's like, oh, gosh. And I don't know where that thing's been. But Dad TV's how you grab a hand, man's hand and, and shake it. And look a man in the eye. And if you've got something against somebody, you go take care of it yourself, just like the ball glove thing. You go take care of it man to man. Trouble is, now, you know what really ticks me off? I don't do the Facebook thing, but Matt tells me about it. Linda tells me about it. Apparently, a lot of guys are real big and bad behind the keyboard. You see, I don't go for that stuff. I don't know the times. One time, uh, this is before we put an automatic lock on the door out there. Uh, Linda was here. And this some guy, this guy used to go to church here uh, because he got over, he had a stupid phone tree thing because it accidentally called him in the middle of the night. He came up here and cussed her out. And let me tell you, when it comes to my family, you can say what you want to me, but don't monkey with my wife and children. Don't, if you want to see a preacher not be a preacher, just monkey with my family. I can take a whole lot of stuff, but I will not will not take that. And uh, I started shaking. I get to hyperventilate when I get real mad. And uh, I called him up. Bobby Joe was in the other office counseling somebody. And uh, I was standing up and I was talking on the phone. I said, uh, hey, what you doing? Nothing. Why? I said, uh, where you at? Uh, I'm at home. I said, uh, can you meet me over at the Food City parking lot? Why? I said, because I'm going to stomp I said, I'm going to drive your head right to the pavement. I said, I'm on my way. Now, I know that's not biblical. And God's word says to turn the other cheek. And so like I did another guy out here, I leaned forward and I put my face in his face. I said, hit me. He said, what? Hit me. I said, because biblically I have to turn the other cheek and so you have to hit me first. And this guy said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you don't come up here and you don't talk to my wife like that. You don't talk to my children like that. You see, that's the way I was brought up. When my dad, he may take a switch or a belt and wear your backside out. But nobody else is going to monkey with his family. You see, we have... 72% of Afro-Americans don't even know a male. You see, the reason why God has put, put man to be the head of the household, the reason, reason why in the family situation like that is for the very thing like I talked about Linda. So if somebody knocks on the door, you see what God's word, word tells us, the, the wife is the weaker vessel. It don't mean intellectually. It don't mean capability. What it's talking about, if somebody comes to your house, I don't care if he's a bill collector. I don't care what he is. And he jumps on your wife. If he's any kind of man, he'd say, I'd like to speak to your husband. She says, he's not here right now. You come back. You set up another time. You don't jump on the wife. That's the way God set it up. That husband is to be the one to say, you got a problem. You come and talk to me.
You don't talk to my wife. You don't talk to my children. You see, these are old time values that you just don't see anymore. It's just like that punk walking down the street in New York. You've been arrested a hundred times and knocked that 92-year-old woman over. Lord, I would, I would give a lot of money to have 10 minutes with him. I would love to witness to him and introduce him to God. It, it, it just that blows my mind. You see, these lily-livered liberals have left God and left the principles of how to be a good dad, how to be a good mom, what the family unit is all about. Linda and I have been married 48 years, right, Lynn? Right. See, she, uh, she didn't have to nod her head because she knew what I And I'll be honest with you, it ain't easy. The worst thing on a marriage is uh, have a pastor for a husband. We've had rough times, I'll tell you. There's been times that I'd love to have been anywhere in the world but in the house with her. And there are times, as hard as this is to believe, she wouldn't want to be around me. That's hard for any to realize that somebody would anyway. But you see, that's like I told her, I said, look, if you ever get to a point you don't want me no more, then uh, you need to get a divorce and get out of here. Because if I find out that you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, God help you. I mean that literally, God help you. And if I ever get to the point where I can't do and be what I need to be or do, then I'll have enough against about you to say, uh, I want out of this. And there's been many times that I've told her, I said, look, I take a vow. I don't believe in divorce. I take a vow. Because you see in those vows it says, for better or for worse. A lot of people just think the better. But for worse. If you marry, Let me tell you something. I was 18, she was 17 when we got married. We are definitely not the same people when we were 17 and 18. Definitely not the same people. And there's been many, many times where neither one of us wanted to be in this marriage. You said, what? But you know what kept us in there? We made a vow before God. You see, these are principles that our country has forgotten. We, moreover, half the people go to our church have been divorced before. My son's been divorced. My daughter's been divorced. Uh, I know in some cases God's word even gives a reason for divorce. But I think, too, uh, there used to be a time in our history, in our America, where people took them, and I got a, maybe I'm a dinosaur, I got that, an old attitude. And I took a vow, and if it's worse, I took that vow, I got to live with it. Uh, being lived with it means I may have to go for a long ride on a regular basis, or get out of the house. You see, that's just like I, I've counseled a number of couples, I wouldn't have any idea. And uh, particularly where wife has been physically abused, now, I have counseled a lot of people, and uh, the woman has told me uh, he is abusive. I said, really? That's pretty serious. Said, yeah, he abuses me. I said, uh, and he hits you? Said, oh, oh, no, no, he just talks mean to me. And I said, then you don't. They haven't made a woman yet. 
in my opinion, that they can a woman's tongue. God's word tells us this. Even Solomon said it is better to live in a corner of a roof than in a house with a brawling woman. And Solomon was the smartest man on earth. But did you notice what it said? There's no excuse for ever striking a woman. No excuse. And I've sat up there and, and had a couple in front of me where he had hit her, slapped her, kicked her, whatever. And here's what I tell him. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I said, well, I said, if you've got such a temper that you can't control it and you want to hit somebody, you come here and I'll give you a free one. One, but I'll give you a free one. You hit me if you just got to hit somebody. You don't hit a woman. You don't, you respect a woman. Now, she may not respect you. Her tongue may be as vile as whatever. Then get out of the house. If it ever gets so bad, get out of the house. Go for a ride. It's like I told Linda, if we ever divorce, get the divorce. Get it. Times may be rough. I don't have to live with you, but I ain't getting a divorce. You see, these are old values. I know there's time mom and dad, gosh, uh, what I really respected about them, whenever they would start to get into an argument, mom or dad wanted to say, uh, let's go upstairs to the bedroom. They take it up, they take it upstairs, they take it someplace else. Instead of fussing and fighting in front of the kids, you know, I mean we could hear it. <laughs> It wasn't the sound room, uh, room. <laughs> but they took it out of the room uh, where we kids were. You see, these are old values that, sad to say, not to, in fact, I'm going to say something here. Dean, you may agree with me on this. I don't know why I called you out because I think that white beard, God's word says, represents wisdom. In fact, biblically, it says the hoary head. That sounds pretty rough, but nevertheless, it means a white beard and all that is, is, a, is a wise man. There ain't many men in America anymore. I'm telling you, there ain't many men. So, oh, now they may be gender-wise considered masculine, but there aren't any real, not many, I'm saying, there are not many real men in America anymore. They cow town. They're not the leader of their families. They're effeminate. They're lily-livered liberals. And that's why we've got 72% of Afro-American boys, girls, don't even know who their daddy is. No role, male role model in the household to teach them the basic things. I praise God that I grew up in a home that my dad took time to teach me different things the way a man ought to be, the way a daddy ought to be. See, that's, that's like those times when Lynn and I after we got married, Matt was born about almost nine months to the day after we got married. And all there was, since we were still in high school, uh, a lot of people said, oh, they must have had to get married. We didn't have to get married. No, we, we, we didn't, didn't have to get married, but it worked out to where about nine months to the day, you popped out. From where I don't know, but nevertheless, <laughs> you, you, you popped out. And uh, it was tough. Uh, being that young, the chances of our surviving, the odds were way against us. And here it is 48 years later. And uh, I told her numerous times, 
we get into a big fuss and fight, I'd say, look, I'll stay here till he's 18 years old. I'm the daddy of him. I'll stay in this marriage till 18 years old. But after 18, I'm out of here. That's before I became a Christian. Then long, a few years later, she looked at me and she said, I want another baby. And Rita, I looked at her and I said, are you crazy? Do you not remember the screaming and the pain you were in before you popped that one out? You want to do that again? I said, I said I'd stay till that one's 18, so then we had another. And every time we get in a fuss, I'd say, I'm staying here, I'll be a daddy till she's 18 years old. And then we got a dog. <laughs> so it looks like I'm pretty well stuck. But uh, Linda handed me a card this morning and said, you're the best daddy to our children anyone could hope for. And that really touched me because I have tried to be a good father to my son and daughter. I've always tried to make sure they didn't have to do without the necessities of life. Now, I was fortunate. Dad was able to pay for my college, uh, which was a bundle he paid for all that. Him, I said, Dad, him and Mom paid for all my college and everything. I didn't have to go get any loans. Mad I didn't have the money. A pastor of a small church, and he had to get student loans and all that, and, and he'll be paying on that till the day he dies. And that bothers me. I hate that because I just didn't have it uh, to pay. I was blessed. I was so blessed. To go off and not only did he pay for my education, I worked for him and he allowed me to leave the office to go to school and come back when I get done. That could have never happened if I'd have worked in any other situation. You see, he was a daddy. Believe it or not, my dad, uh, at one time he wanted to be a preacher. His hope was he wanted to go to Milligan College and become a minister. But see, he couldn't see that dream realized. But like any daddy, they want to see their child take the good things of their life and see it come to fruition. And so when dad saw that I was called to the ministry, it was obvious through a vicarious way. When I'd be preaching somewhere or some kind of accolade, he'd be leaning back in that chest, those buttons looked like he was going to pop. Or he was uh, proud of his little boy. I know a lot of people probably sitting here today saying, man, I didn't, you don't know what kind of daddy I had. They were abusive, they were drunks, whatever. <clears throat> and it bothers me when I talk about what a great dad I had because of folks like that. But here's what I like to tell you. When you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, Jesus adopts you whereby you cry, Abba, Father. He literally, more than biological, more lasting than biological, He is your Father. He is your Daddy God. You see, I've talked to many, many people over all these 45 years I've been a pastor. And a lot of people have the attitude, well, I just come from a long line of drunks. You know, I, my Daddy was an alcoholic, Mama was an alcoholic, it just understands the reason. I turned out that way too. It's just like I talked to a guy, he, he and his buddy 
uh, came out from Los Angeles, rode the motorcycles, came out here to church because I'd spoke out there at their church in Los Angeles. And they wanted to come out here. And he was uh, LAPD. And uh, in fact, he, if you remember that big bank robbery they had out in Los Angeles at that time where they had machine guns and body armor and all that, he was in that fight. Uh, in fact, he's on part of the video. <clears throat> and anyway, he was telling me, Vic, he said out in Los Angeles, said it'd blow your mind when we arrest somebody, we'll say, uh, where are you employed? I don't have a job. Where have you ever been employed? Uh, I've never had a job. Uh, where's your daddy worked at? Uh, he never had a job. There are third and fourth generations know how to live off the system. So did any wonder you got punked running the street? Nobody's touched. There's no role model there. You see, we, as God's Word said, we read earlier, are to bring up our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I think too many people run and get a divorce too daggone easily. It's, marriage isn't easy, man. Marriage isn't easy. Like I said yesterday uh, at that memorial service, uh, we men are not that complicated. Bernie, I know you know electronics and play a bass and all that, and it, it may really impress Rita, but I know you as a man, you're not that complicated. All a man needs to be happy is a good steak, a little loving, and a remote control. Yes. <laughs> and leave us alone. We'll be right there when you left us. <laughs> Women always try to make something. Linda don't do this no more, but she used to when we were young. She said, what are you thinking? Tell me what you're thinking. Don't ask that now. <laughs> We're not that complicated. If people be halfway civil to each other and realize, when you end, that's why we do premarital counseling. It's not easy. What? I got five minutes? I thought you'd be ready for takeoff. <laughs> now, like I said, I want you to understand this. There are reasons for divorce. It's like I said, if I found out, Linda, I'll just be honest with you, oh, she's messing around here. Uh, she'd find her stuff out there on the front yard. And that'd be the nicest thing I could do. You know what? What are you laughing at, Brandon? You believe me? I do. Yes, you do. I don't put up with foolishness. I love to laugh and have a good time. But you're not going to screw over me. You may say, well, Vic, that's not a big, you're supposed to, I know, I know, I'm not perfect, I'm still working on it. But I'm telling you, it's like a good buddy of mine had a sign up in his motorcycle shop. Uh, said, if you treat me bad, I'll treat you worse. Now, I try, I don't want to live up to that. I take a lot of crap, and I have over the years. If, if some of you people knew, the people who were members of this church, who have gone out and literally lied about me, literally, and I didn't do anything. Last time I'd have a note, I went to their house. And I said, just tell me why. Tell me why you were spreading this lie. And his response was, I don't know. I don't know. So I've turned the cheek a whole lot over the years. But don't monkey with my family. 
Don't mind her about my mom. She called me right now. And uh, in fact, I about got put in jail. Remember that time that guy came in on dad and tackled him? Dad had rental property. And this guy owed him a bunch of money. And uh, he had a he had a motorcycle over there where dad property where dad rented. Dad called his lawyer and said, hey, he's moving out and he owes me a lot of money. He said, he's got a motorcycle over there. He said, can I hold that? And the lawyer said, you can't have it, but you can go over and hold it till he pays you. So dad sent a couple guys that work for him. He said, go over and get that, bring it down here to my barn. Saturday morning, dad heard a knock at the door. And uh, all of a sudden, dad opened the door and this guy come running through there, tackled him, knocked him over the kitchen table. Dad cut his leg on the sugar bowl that was there. And uh, something he didn't know about my dad. There are guns all over his house. Dad jumped up and he's one on top of the refrigerator. He got it. That old boy took off flying. Well, dad's office warehouse is down below uh, where mom and dad live. You want to hear the rest of this? I figured you did. <laughs> well, he goes running out and he's running down the street hollering, Help! Help! Well, Jimmy Thomas, the guy who used to work for Dad, he heard this and he stepped outside and see what Dad did. This guy went out the door to come in. Dad went out the front door. And this guy got behind Jimmy's holding him and said, Call the police, call the police. He's going to shoot me. Dad said, Move, Jimmy. I'm going to blow his head off. He said, Vic, that's terrible. Well, we went to court. And I thought, this punk attacked my dad. So in the courthouse, I grabbed him, floated, threw him up against the wall. And I thought, Randy, I thought, I'll be seeing you up in Mountain City. And uh, they pulled me off of it. But I don't care if it's courthouse or what. If, we went, if somebody harmed my daughter or my son, you better keep me out of the gallery of the courthouse because I'm coming over after him if that's the only chance I'm going to have to get a hold of him. Why? Because God has entrusted me with that wife. God has entrusted me with that son. God has entrusted me with that daughter. And I'm the head of my household. And you don't monkey with me. My responsibility to provide for them. My responsibility is to be the spiritual leader of that household. My responsibility is to be strong when everybody else has fallen apart. But you're not hearing a lot of this talk today. You might not like what I'm saying. But I beg you to prove me wrong. Amen? Amen. All right. I know some people probably think, boy, he's violent. No, I'm not. I don't. Just sometimes. Let's stand if you would, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. Father, let there be a return to you and the principles that blessed is the man who has children. That children are a heritage of the Lord. Your word tells us that. Blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them to bring up our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. To set an example. Father, this nation we have too many missing in action daddies. We need to, no matter how archaic or old time it may seem, turn back to the Bible.
and put our emphasis on the family. Father, I pray if anyone here today does not know you as the Lord and the Savior of their life, that they'll pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Father, postscript to this, I know you are sovereign Lord God. And right now, my dad's with you. And if you would, please let him know that I love him and I know he's having a happy Father's Day. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful Father's Day. If you prayed that prayer, please come up here and see me. If you have any questions about what I shared, uh, if you would, take them up, roll them up real small. <laughs> and all let me know, seriously. I hope I hadn't offended anybody. If it was an area, it shouldn't offend you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Father's Day.